Tonight, we're going to explore the doctrine of Christ um, in experiences of Abinadi and Alma. And it's interesting that in the account of Abinadi and Alma, we see um, a parallel of things that are yet to come. And so, if you'll open with me to Messiah chapter 7. And, you know, again, the doctrine of Christ being the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. The baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and entering into the rest of the Lord, which rests is the fullness of his glory. Um, and we're also going to explore, you know, topics of, of bondage and war and repentance and deliverance and ascension. So in Mosiah 7, Let's start in verses 21 and 22. And ye are all witnesses this day that Zenith, who was made king over this people, he being an overzealous to inherit the land of his fathers, therefore being deceived by the cunning and craftiness of the king Laman, who having entered into a treaty with king Zenith and having yielded up into his hands, the possessions of a part of the land, even the city of Lehi-Nephi and the city of Shilom and the land round about. And all this he did for the sole purpose of bringing his people into subjection or into bondage. And behold, we at this time do pay tribute to the king of the Lamanites to the amount of one half of our corn and our barley and even all our grain of every kind and one half of the increase of our flocks and our herds, even one half of all we have or possess, the king of the Lamanites doth extract of us for our lives. So Zenith was a good and righteous man, but as Hugh Nibley would term it, he had zeal without knowledge, or at least he had great zeal without sufficient knowledge. King Zenith is a perfect example of a foolish virgin who had good intentions, but because he hadn't yet learned to open his ears to hear the word and voice of God and his heart, to understand the word and voice of God and then have the courage to follow it and submit his will to God's will. Or in other words, enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Because he had zeal without knowledge, he had good intentions, but because he wasn't led by the spirit, he brought his entire people into bondage. Now let's turn to Mosiah 11 and read verses 1 and 2.
And now it came to pass that Zenith conferred the kingdom upon Noah, one of his sons. Therefore Noah began to reign in his stead, and he did not walk in the ways of his father. For behold, he did not keep the commandments of God, but he did walk after the desires of his own heart. And he had many wives and concubines, and he did cause his people to commit sin and do that which was abominable in the sight of the Lord. Yea, they did commit whoredoms and all manner of wickedness. So when the transfer of power occurred, um, it was not wisely transferred. Again, because King Zenef hadn't taken the Holy Spirit as his guide. Therefore, although he was a good man, he was foolish. And he transferred the kingdom over to his wicked son, Noah. Now let's read verses 11, 5 through 7. For King Noah put down all the priests that had been consecrated by his father and consecrated new ones in their stead, such as were lifted up in the pride of their hearts. Yea, and thus they were supported in their laziness and in their idolatry and in their whoredoms by the taxes which King Noah had put upon his people. Thus did the people labor exceedingly to support iniquity. Yea, and they also became idolatrous because they were deceived by the vain and flattering words of the king and priests. For they did speak flattering things unto them. Now, here's a great example of how a wicked king and wicked, which represents the political leadership and wicked religious leadership, can bring a whole people down under the bondage of sin. And we also have many accounts in the Book of Mormon of how righteous leaders, you know, laboring diligently for their people, can lift their people up out of sin. And inspire them to become the people of God. Now let's turn to verses 14 through 16. And it came to pass that he placed his heart upon his riches. This is King Noah. And he spent his time in riotous living with his wives and his concubines. And he did also, and so did also his priests spend time with harlots. And it came to pass that he planted vineyards round about in the land and built wine presses and made wine in abundance. And therefore he became a wine bibber and also his people. And it came to pass that the Lamanites began to come in upon his people upon small numbers to slay them in their fields and while they were tending their flocks. So because of uh, basically living a hedonistic lifestyle, um, King Noah and the wicked priests not only brought his people into spiritual bondage, but they began to increase the physical bondage which they found himself in. In verses 20 through 29, 
And it came to pass that there was a man among them whose name was Abinadi. And he went forth among them and began to prophesy, saying, Behold, thus saith the Lord, and thus hath he commanded me, saying, Go forth and say unto this people, Thus saith the Lord, Woe be unto this people, for I have seen their abominations, and their wickedness, and their whoredoms. And except they repent, I will visit them in mine anger. And except they repent, and turn to the Lord their God, behold, I will deliver them into the hands of their enemies. Yea, and they shall be brought into bondage, and they shall be afflicted by the hands of their enemies. So, you know, here we have a pattern that the Lord establishes before he destroys his people or even brings them into a greater covenant curse. He sends messengers to them to warn them, to call them to repentance and to give them the opportunity to repent and return. Verse 21 again. And except they repent and turn to the Lord their God, behold, I will deliver them into the hands of their enemies. Yea, and they shall be brought into bondage, and they shall be afflicted by the hands of their enemies. And it came to pass that they shall know that I am the Lord God, and I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of my people. And it shall come to pass that except this people repent and turn unto the Lord their God, they shall be brought into bondage. And none shall deliver them except it be the Lord God Almighty. Yea, and it shall come to pass that when they shall cry unto me, I will be slow to hear their cries. Yea, and I will suffer them, that they be smitten by their enemies. And except they repent in sackcloth and ashes and cry mightily to the Lord their God, I will not hear their prayers, neither will I deliver them out of their afflictions. Thus saith the Lord, and thus hath he commanded me. Now it came to pass that when Abinadi had spoken these words unto them, they were wroth with him and sought to take away his life. And the Lord delivered them out of their hands. Now when King Noah had heard the words which Abinadi had spoken unto the people, he was also wroth, and he said, Who is Abinadi? that I and my people should be judged of him? Or who is the Lord that shall bring upon my people such great affliction? So even though King Noah had the pretense of being a godly man, uh, you know, having the priests uh, who were wicked priests, you know, in his court, This is an example of fig trees with leaves but no fruit. The fig leaves are the outer trappings or representation of a relationship with Christ, while the fruit is the actual relationship with Christ. And among other places, this this parable is set forth in Matthew 21. And notice also that the Lord is calling 
the people of King Noah, even though they are in an apostate and wicked state, his people. And remember also that they live upon the land of North America, which is a special, a special covenant land. And the requirement for a people to live upon this land is that they will serve the true and living God. And it is promised that when a people once enlightened um, sufficiently harden their hearts and engage in sufficient iniquity, that they will be swept off this land, just as the Jaredites were, and just as the Nephites were swept off this land, having once been enlightened, much was expected of them. And also notice the caveat, because of how far off the path the people of King Noah have strayed. The Lord tells them, if you repent and return, although I will allow you to repent and return, I will be slow to hear your cries. The the sinning and the turning against me that you have engaged in does not come without a price. And, you know, part of the price is bondage. And Abinadi is prophesying that they will come into an even more severe bondage. And the other part is that if and when they do decide to repent and return, the Lord will be slow to hear their cries. Verse 27, and now when King Noah had heard of the words which Abinadi had spoken unto the people, he was also wroth and said, who is Abinadi, that I and my people should be judged of him? Or who is the Lord that shall bring upon my people such great affliction? So this is the very model of the opposite of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And so when King Noah heard the truth being taught by power and authority. He hardened his heart. And he hardened his heart because he was not founded upon Jesus Christ. And if we cross-reference in 2 Nephi 28, verse 28. The very commentary that Nephi has about the Gentiles of the end times or the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is equally applicable to King Noah and his people. Verse 28, And in fine, woe unto those who tremble and are angry because of the truth of God. For behold, he that is built upon the rock, who is Christ in Revelation, receiveth it with gladness. And he that is built upon a sandy foundation or anything other than Christ trembleth, lest he shall fall, and is angry because of the truth. So, the the, the root problem um, of King Noah is that he is built on a hedonistic lifestyle 
and he has replaced a hedonistic lifestyle, or he has replaced Christ, who his father did worship, with his hedonistic lifestyle. And therefore, when a true messenger of the Lord was sent, one who taught and spoke with power and authority, and extended the Lord's arm of mercy to the people of King Noah that they might not be destroyed, instead of receiving the opportunity not to be destroyed and to repent and return with gladness, Noah became angry because of the truth. Verse 28. King Noah speaking, I command you to bring Abinadi hither, that I may slay him. For he has said these things that he might stir up my people to anger one with another and to raise contentions among my people. Therefore, I will slay him. And now the eyes of the people were blind were blinded. Therefore, they hardened their hearts against the words of Abinadi. So it wasn't just King Noah whose heart was hard because of hedonistic and idolatrous living. The people had become also hardened and were also angered because of the truth and would not listen to a true messenger. Continuing. In verse 29. Abinadi, and they sought from that time forward to take him. And King Noah hardened his heart against the word of the Lord, and he did not repent of his evil doings. Now in Mosiah 12, verse 1. And it came to pass that after the space of two years, that Abinadi came among them in disguise, that they knew him not, and began to prophesy among them, saying, and, you know, a parenthetical note. Um, when the Lord came again to Abinadi and commanded Ab- Abinadi should go again to the people of King Noah and call them to mm-hmm. repentance again, being forewarned, by the spirit that he was likely going to his death. You know, this is an example of exactly the opposite of King Noah and his people. This is an example of the new and everlasting covenant of offering up a broken heart and contrite spirit and putting everything upon the altar, even his own life. And I would submit that those who would be end-time servants, who would work shoulder to shoulder with Joseph and the first laborers in the last kingdom, to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the four quarters of the earth, that they will be in similar peril. And they will have to lay everything upon the altar, even their own lives. And many will be required to offer up their own lives as sacrifice. And this is the sacrifice that the Lord required at the hand of Abinadi. And it is also the sacrifice that the Lord will require again at the hand of some of those who will be end-time servants. And it's okay.
chapter 12, verse 1, again. And it came to pass that after the space of two years that Abinadi came among them in disguise, that they knew him not and began to prophesy among them, saying, Thus has the Lord commanded me, saying, Abinadi, go and prophesy unto this people, for they have hardened their hearts against my words. And isn't that interesting that the preaching of the word had the opposite effect among these people. Instead of softening their hearts and heeding the word of the God, they became even more hardened. For they have hardened their hearts against my words. They have repented not of their evil doings. Therefore, I will visit them in my anger. Yea, in my fierce anger will I visit them in their iniquities and abominations. And verses 2 through 9. So, because they are a remnant of the Lord's covenant people, as they continue to harden their hearts, even after being warned and given the opportunity to repent and return, they are about to incur an even greater level of covenant curse. And what we're going to find out is that the level of covenant curse that they're going to enter into um, means that All of those who do not repent and return and repent sufficiently that they might be delivered from death actually are going to become, you know, subject to uh, death by warfare. Again in verse 2, yea, woe be unto this generation. And the Lord said unto me, stretch forth thy hand and prophesy, saying, Thus saith the Lord, it shall come to pass that this generation, because of their iniquities, shall be brought into bondage, and shall be smitten on the cheek, yea, and shall be driven by men, and shall be slain. And the vultures of the air, and the dogs, yea, and the wild beasts shall devour their flesh. This is perhaps the highest level or near the highest level of covenant curse, that they will not only be brought into a more severe bondage than that which they are already in, um, and they will suffer mightily in this increased bondage, but also that they shall be slain. And the vultures of the air and the dogs, yea, and the wild beasts shall devour their flesh. And it shall come to pass that the life of King Noah shall be valued even as a garment in a hot furnace. For he shall know that I am the Lord. And it shall come to pass that I will smite this my people with sore afflictions, yea, with famine and with pestilence. And I will cause that they shall howl all the day long. So this isn't the top level of covenant curse. Uh, It's approaching the top level of covenant curse, but at the top level of covenant curse, the Lord no longer calls that people my people. But at this point, 
he is still calling the people of King Noah my people. I'm sorry, uh, this is Christian here, and I want to interject here. So I just got in a little late into this group. Uh, can you please show me what Bible verse is that? Okay, this is actually in the Book of Mormon, and this mm-hmm. is Mosiah chapter 12. Okay. And we are in verse 5. Okay. Yea, and I will cause that they shall have burdens lashed upon their backs, and they shall be driven before like a dumb ass. And it shall come to pass that I will send forth hail among them, and it shall smite them. And they also shall be smitten with the east wind, and insects shall pester their land also, and devour their grain. And they shall be smitten with a great pestilence, and all this will I do because of their iniquities and abominations. It shall come to pass that except they repent, I will utterly destroy them from off the face of the earth. Yet they shall leave a record behind them, and I will preserve them for other nations, which shall possess the land, yea, even this will I do, that I may discover the abominations of this people to other nations. And many things did Abinadi prophesy against this people. And it came to pass that they were angry with him, and they took him and carried him bound before the king. And said unto the king, Behold, we have brought a man before thee who has prophesied evil concerning thy people, and saith that God will destroy them. Now, there is a parallel between the people of King Noah and the Latter-day Saints under Joseph Smith. If we turn to DNC 84. And in DNC 84, starting in verse 54 and reading through verse 59. And your minds in past have been darkened because of unbelief and because you have treated lightly the things you have received, which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation. And this condemnation resteth upon the children of Zion, even all. And they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant in the Book of Mormon and the former commandments which I have given them, not only to say, but also to do according to that which I have written, that they may bring forth fruit meat for their father's kingdom. Otherwise, there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon the children of Zion. So under the title Children of Zion, like King Noah's people, even though the early saints under Joseph Smith and this and this revelation was given in 1832, even though they had rejected the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and had entered into great and malignant sin and even a hedonistic lifestyle, yet Heavenly Father was giving the early saints a chance to repent and return before they would progress from condemnation to covenant curse and would be smitten and driven. Verse 59. 
For shall the children of the kingdom pollute my holy land? Really, I say unto you, nay. So, in Third Nephi, chapter 16, verse 10, the Lord actually prophesies to the Nephites about the sins that the Latter-day Saints would be engaged in that would cause them to come into covenant curse or under condemnation and proceed from condemnation to covenant curse. And if we go to 3 Nephi 16, verse 10, and thus commandeth the Father that I should say unto you, now Christ is speaking here, and when Christ says that the Father has commanded me to declare, and then whatever comes next, that is the very top level of authoritative statements on the chart of authoritative statements. It does not get any more authoritative than this. And so then Christ says to the Nephites, at that day when the Gentiles shall sin against my gospel and shall reject the fullness of my gospel. Well, when is it talking about? The fullness of Christ's gospel is the terrestrial order of the gospel, the church of Christ. The same order of the gospel that was restored to Joseph Smith uh, in 1829. And the saints had from 1829 to about May 1834. Before we were demoted from the terrestrial order to the telestial order. Um, in fact, there's only been one time in the latter days when the fullness of Christ's gospel has been restored. And that was through Joseph Smith. There are no other candidates. So this is identifying a very specific period in church history. At that day when the Gentiles, or members of the church of Christ, shall sin against my gospel and shall reject the fullness of my gospel. And that's what the church was called um, in this 1829 to 1834 period, the church of Christ. And shall be lifted up in the pride of their hearts above all nations and above all the people of the whole earth. And shall be filled with all manner of lies and of deceits and of mischiefs and all manner of hypocrisy and murders and prescripts and whoredoms and of secret abominations. And if they shall do all those things and shall reject the fullness of my gospel, behold, saith the Father, I will bring the fullness of my gospel from among them. And that's exactly what happened at the end of 1834 when we were demoted from the terrestrial church of Christ to the telestial church of Latter-day Saints. And the name was officially changed. And, you know, this is referenced in the inscription on the Kirtland Temple, which says, Holiness to the Lord, Church of the Latter-day Saints. Christ's name isn't there. This is also noted in the 1835 edition of the Doctrine and Covenants which says, Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of the Latter-day Saints, Christ's name is not there. And in the preamble to and in the actual um, 1835 edition of the Lectures on Faith, which says the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Now, to understand the seriousness of this, of Christ taking his name out of the church, 
we have to go to Third Nephi chapter 27 and read verses 7 and 8. Therefore, whatsoever ye shall do, ye shall do it in my name. Therefore, ye shall call the church in my name. And ye shall call upon the Father in my name, that he will bless the church for my sake. And howbeit my church shall be called in my name. For if a church be called in Moses' name, then it be Moses' church. Or if it be called in the name of a man, then it be the church of a man. But if it be called in my name, then it is my church, if it so be that they are built upon my gospel. So Christ gives us two requirements for the fullness of his gospel or the terrestrial order of church of Christ. One, it has to be called in his name. So when Christ takes his name out of the church, um, it was intended to be a shot across the bow to alert the saints in no uncertain terms that they had fallen, that they were no longer the terrestrial church of Christ, but they had been demoted to the celestial preparatory gospel, just like the children of Israel under Moses. And as is recounted in DNC 84, when the children of Israel under Moses were demoted from the terrestrial order to the telestial order, the Melchizedek priesthood was taken from them because the Melchizedek priesthood is not a part of the telestial preparatory order of the gospel. It is only part of the fullness of Christ's gospel, the terrestrial order, the church of Christ. And so while it was not taken from Joseph Smith, or those with him who are part of the Holy Order, or the Church of the Firstborn, um, that did not include Brigham Young. And it didn't include 99.8% of the saints. And so 99.8% of the saints during Joseph Smith's day, by mid-1834, were demoted from the terrestrial order to the telestial order, and we had the Melchizedek priesthood removed from us. And a reference to that removal, and yet the Lord still being merciful and extending his hand to the saints because he still called them my people, is found in DNC 124. And in DNC 124, verse 28, the saints are now in Nauvoo. And the Lord is giving them one last chance to repent and return and receive back the Melchizedek priesthood and the terrestrial order, the Church of Christ. Verse 28, for there is not a place found on earth that he may come to and restore again that which was lost unto you or which he hath taken away, even the fullness of the priesthood. And the fullness of the priesthood, it goes with the fullness of the gospel. Remember when we read in 3 Nephi 16.10 that the Gentiles or members of the church of Christ would reject the fullness of Christ's gospel. Well. That happened under Joseph Smith in 1834. And when that happened, Christ took his name out of the church. And we went from the terrestrial to the telestial preparatory gospel. And we lost the Melchizedek priesthood. And this is why it was necessary that Elias come to Joseph Smith in the Kirtland Temple and restore the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham or the preparatory gospel. 
So we have three different orders of the gospel that have been revealed. The first order of the gospel is the church of the firstborn, which is the church of God the Father. It is the celestial order. The second order of the gospel is the church of Christ, the terrestrial order. And Christ officiates over this order of the gospel. And the third order of the gospel is the preparatory gospel, or the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham, or in the context of um, church history, the church of the Latter-day Saints. Uh, DNC 110, verse 12. After this, Elias appeared and committed the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham, saying that in us and our seed all generations after us should be blessed. And the reason that all of the generations after Joseph Smith would be blessed by this order of the gospel is that um, the church, even though we would not repent and return as a people, until right, until a group of Latter-day Saints before the second coming of Jesus Christ, who the Lord calls the strength of mine house, they would repent and return and ascend back to the terrestrial order of the gospel or the church of Christ. Um, but the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham the telestial preparatory gospel um, under that dispensation, the scriptures of the restoration, which contain the fullness of the doctrine of Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ would be taken to the four quarters of the earth. Um, the Aaronic priesthood power would be given, which does have the power and authority to perform, you know, a true baptism by water into the preparatory gospel just like Nephi and those who he called were doing in third Nephi seven, several years before Christ came several years before the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood and the fullness of the gospel was restored to the Nephites after they had lost it and also had been demoted to the T lestral preparatory gospel. And it also you know, has the power and authority to perform a true sacrament and to Prepare those who would have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand to begin to receive the ministering of angels and to prepare their hearts for when Joseph Smith would come and restore the fullness of the gospel in his second ministry, to prepare that when he did return, that they would receive the greater gospel with joy and with gladness. Now back to Mosiah chapter 12. And let's pick up in verses 25 through 27. And now I said unto them, Are you priests and pretend to teach this people and to understand the spirit of prophesying? And yet desire to know of me what these things mean. I say unto you, woe be unto you for perverting the ways of the Lord. If ye understand these things, ye are not, ye have not taught them. Therefore, ye have perverted the ways of the Lord. 
Now, I want you to notice how Abinadi is not soft-pedaling the truth. Jesus Christ does not soft-pedal the truth. The Holy Ghost does not soft-pedal the truth. And neither do true servants of God soft-pedal the truth, or are they afraid to tell an apostate people exactly where they are on the Lord's scale of um, either coming unto him or rejecting him. You know, remember again in chapter 12 at the end of verse 1. They have repented not of their evil doings. You know, after Abinadi had come the first time. Therefore, I will visit them in my anger, and in my fierce anger will I visit them in their iniquities and abominations. And I say there were probably many who said, well, um, this certainly, you know, isn't the God that we worship, for he does not get angry. Yea, but woe be unto this generation. The Lord said unto me, stretch forth thy hand and prophesy, saying, Thus saith the Lord, it shall come to pass that this generation, because of their iniquities, shall be brought into bondage, and shall be smitten on the cheek, and shall be driven by men, and shall be slain. Now, there will be many who will criticize Joseph Smith when he returns as the Lord's end-time Davidic servant for speaking harsh words. And they will criticize, one of the ways they will criticize him will be saying, you know, a a true prophet does not speak hard things. For all is well in Zion, and Zion prospereth. And they shall be slain. And the vultures of the air and the dogs, yea, and the wild beasts shall devour their flesh. Remember that even though Christ in his first ministry and Joseph Smith in his first ministry came as lambs, in their second, in Christ's second coming, he comes with a sword as a lion and as a warrior, and so does Joseph Smith. And as a cross-reference to that, let's go to DNC 101. And in DNC 101, verse 55, in the parable of the redemption of Zion, the Lord introduces the return of his servant Joseph Smith in his second ministry, right before Christ comes in his glory to gather out the strength of the Lord's house from among the Latter-day Saints and prepare them for the end-time exodus, which will culminate in meeting up with the city of Enoch. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, Joseph Smith, Jr., Go and gather together the residue of my servants, and take all the strength of my house, my warriors, my young men, and they that are of middle aged, and also among all my servants who are the strength of mine house, save only those whom I have appointed to tarry. Notice the offensive nature and the warrior nature of those who are gathered. And verse 56, and go ye straightway unto the land of my vineyard and redeem my vineyard. This is not 
a passive measure. This is an offensive measure. For it is mine, I have bought it with money. Therefore, get ye straightway unto my land, break down the walls of mine enemies. Again, we have an offensive war being waged against the enemies of the Lord. Throw down their tower and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. Going back to Mosiah chapter 12. So, you know, really, as we study these verses, look for parallels between Abinadi and Alma's day and our day. And let's ask ourselves, how are we, as the Lord's people of the end times, um, modeled in the account of the Lord's people of King Noah? Verse 26 again in Mosiah 12. I say unto you, woe be unto you for perverting the ways of the Lord. For if ye had understood these things, ye have not taught them. And again, Abinadi, a true servant, is chastising the wicked priests of King Noah, just as Joseph Smith will set in order those who have gone into apostasy at the time that he returns. And we'll call them also to repentance, precisely as Abinadi is calling the priests of King Noah to repentance. Therefore, ye have perverted the ways of the Lord. Ye have not applied your hearts to understanding. Therefore, ye have not been wise. Therefore, what teach ye this people? Now, notice that a common theme throughout the Book of Mormon is that we understand with our heart. We hear with our ears and understand with our heart. And King Benjamin, in his address, um, admonished his people that they might open their ears to hear and their hearts to understand. And the opposite of opening one's heart to understand is hardening the heart. And opening the heart to understand goes hand in hand with the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. One cannot have a broken heart and contrite spirit without opening one's heart to understand. And that is something we must plead with before the Lord. Now, let's go to Mosiah 12 and read verses 25 to 27. I guess we just did that. Let's read verses 30 and 31. Know ye not that I speak the truth? Yea, know ye not that I speak the truth? And you ought to tremble before God. And it shall come to pass that ye shall be smitten for your iniquities. For ye have said that ye teach the law of Moses. 
And what know ye concerning the law of Moses? Does salvation come by the law of Moses? What say ye? And again, I would cross-reference with DNC 84. And they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant, the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. So the Lord was telling the saints to do under Joseph Smith exactly what Abinadi was telling the people and the leadership, uh, both political and religious, to do um, in Mosiah. Remember the new covenant in the Book of Mormon of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Not only to say, but also to do according to that which I have written. For shall the children of the kingdom pollute my holy land? Verily I say unto you nay. Going back to Mosiah chapter 12. So, again, we have similar Sentiments being expressed to the people of King Noah by Abinadi. Again, verse 30. Yea, know ye not that I speak the truth? And yet to tremble before God. It shall come to pass that ye shall be smitten for your iniquities. For ye have said that ye teach the law of Moses. Um, you shall be smitten because of your iniquities. And that is perfectly analogous to in DNC 84. Um, in verse 58, if you do not repent, there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon the children of sight. So a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon the early saints under Joseph Smith, if they do not repent and return. And verse 31 of Mosiah 12, ye shall be smitten for your iniquities if you do not repent and return in verse 31. And verse 37. Now Abinadi said unto them, have ye done all this? I say unto you, nay, ye have not. And have ye taught this people that they should do all these things? I say unto you, nay, ye have not after he just explained to them um, where or places where they had gone adrift from the law, which they had been given, even the law of Moses. Now let's go to Mosiah 13, and let's read verses 1 through 11. And now when the king had heard these words, he said unto his priests, Away with this fellow, and slay him. For what have we to do with him? For he is mad. And they stood forth and attempted to lay their hands on him. But he, was, but he withstood them and said unto them, Touch me not, for God shall smite you if, I, if you lay your hands upon me. For I have not delivered the message which the Lord sent me to deliver. Neither have I told you that which ye requested that I should tell you. Therefore God will not suffer that I shall be destroyed at this time. Um, you know, notice how 
The wicked cannot shorten the mission of God's servants. And even though Abinadi ends up dying by fire, the Lord has not left him. And the Lord is with him, both in his preaching and later in his death. But I must fulfill the commandments wherewith God has made me. And because I have told you the truth, you're angry with me. Remember back to 2 Nephi 28. 28. Those who are built upon a sandy foundation are angry because of the truth. And again, because I have spoken the word of God, ye have judged me that I am mad. And now it came to pass that Abinadi had spoken these words, that the people of King Noah durst not lay hands upon him. For the spirit of the Lord was upon him, and his face shone with exceeding luster, even as Moses did while in the, while in the Mount of Sinai, while speaking with the Lord. And he spoke with power and authority from God, and he continued his word saying. Now, there's an important note that needs to be uh, you know, mentioned. Um, we are not to trust in man or hearken unto the precepts of man. Um, but this is not what was happening. If the people had listened to Abinadi, this would not be hearkening unto the precepts of men or relying upon the arm of flesh, even though Abinadi was flesh and blood. Now let's cross-reference 2 Nephi 28, verse 31. Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. So, a true servant of God who speaks by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, as did Abinadi, as did Joseph Smith, to hearken unto their words, as spoken by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, is not to put one's trust in man, or make the flesh his arm. Um, in fact, in 1 Nephi chapter 11, because Nephi's father, Lehi, spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, the angel of the Lord expected Nephi to accept all of the words of his father that were spoken by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. First um, Nephi 11, verse 4, And the Spirit said unto me, Believest thou that thy father saw the tree of which he hath spoken? And I said, yea, thou knowest that I believe all the words of my father. Or thou knowest I believe all the words that are spoken unto me by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And what is the Spirit of the Lord's response to Nephi declaring that he has received all the words which are spoken, that he receives with gladness, all the words spoken to him by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost? Verse 6, and when I had spoken these words, the Spirit cried with a loud voice, saying, Hosanna to the Lord of the Most High God, for he is God over all the earth and even above all. And blessed art thou, Nephi, because thou believest in the Son of the Most High God, which thou shalt behold the things which thou hast desired. 
All right, going back to Mosiah 12. You know, 37 again. And now Abinadi said unto them, Have ye done all this? I say unto you, ye have not. Ye have, and have ye taught this people that they should do all these things? I say unto you, nay, ye have not. So the priests of King Noah should have been teaching uh, the words of prophets. They should have been speaking by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, but they did. They were not speaking by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And because they were not speaking by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, when the people accepted their words, when the people accepted their teachings, they were relying upon the arm of flesh, and they were trusting in men. And so we always must ask the same question. Whoever is preaching, whoever claims to be speaking the words of God, are they speaking by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost? And if they are, we should receive those words with gladness. And then we should say, Father, just like Nephi did, I also desire to see and to hear and to know for myself. And we build our own tower because no true prophet is sent to point uh, any man or any woman to himself. A true prophet is sent to point men and women to Jesus Christ, to get them to build their own tower and to teach them sufficiently that they know how to do that, that they know how to repent and return, and that they might begin the path of ascension and learn the doctrine of Christ. And this is precisely what the priests of King Noah were not doing. Okay, Mosiah 13, starting in verse 1. And now when the king had heard these words, he said unto his priests, Away with this fellow and slay him, for what have we to do with him? For he is mad. Um, So here we have an ad hominem attack. Uh, They couldn't contend with the truth and the doctrine that Abinadi was speaking. So they had to try and discredit him by claiming without any evidence that he was crazy or that he was mad. And they stood forth and attempted to lay their hands on him, but he withstood them and said unto them, Touch me not, for God shall smite you if you lay your hands upon me. For I have not delivered the message which the Lord sent me to deliver. Neither have I told you that which... Ye requested that I should tell. Therefore, God will not suffer that I shall be destroyed at this time. But I must fulfill the commandments wherewith God has commanded me. And because I have told you the truth, you are angry with me. And again, because I have spoken the word of God, ye have judged me that I am mad. And now it came to pass that Abinadi, that after Abinadi had spoken these words, that the people of King Noah durst not lay their hands upon him. For the spirit of the Lord was upon him, and his face shone with exceeding luster even as Moses did while in the Mount of Sinai, while speaking with the Lord. For he spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, as do all do true prophets. And he spake with power and authority from God, and he continued his word, saying, Ye see that ye have no power to slay me before I finish my message. Yea, and I perceive that it cuts you to your hearts. 
because I tell you the truth concerning your iniquities. Again, Abinadi is not soft peddling the truth. Yea, and my words fill you with wonder and amazement and with anger. And the reason that his words filled them with anger is because they are not built upon Jesus Christ. Verse 9, but I finish my message, and then it matters not whither I go, if it so be that I am saved. So, you know, this is a heart of a true servant who has put everything upon the altar, even his own life. And, you know, by his words, he is revealing that he knows that he is not going to make it out of this missionary assignment alive, but it's okay. But this much I tell you, verse 10, what you do with me after this shall be as a type and a shadow of things which are to come. And now I read unto you the remainder of the commandments of God, for I perceive that, ye, that they are not written in your hearts. I perceive that ye have studied and taught iniquity the most part of your lives. Now let's go to Mosiah 17. And in Mosiah 17, we'll read verses 1 through 20. And now it came to pass that when Abinadi had finished these sayings, that the king commanded that the priest should take upon him, that the priest should take him and cause that he should be put to death. But there was one among them whose name was Alma, and also being a descendant of Nephi. And he was a young man, and he believed the words which Abinadi had spoken, for he knew concerning the iniquity which Abinadi had testified against them. Therefore he began to plead with the king that he would not be angry with Abinadi, but suffer that he might depart in peace. And may I submit to you again, um, as Joseph Smith returns, and as Joseph Smith exposes all hidden works of darkness, and as Joseph Smith calls all to repentance, you know, we pray, that there will be almonds who will repent and return. Verse 3 in Mosiah 17. But the king was more wroth and caused that almonds should be cast out from among them and sent his servants after him that they might slay him. And he fled from before them and hid himself, that they found him not. And he, being concealed for many days, did write all the words which Abinadi had spoken. And it came to pass that the king caused that his guards should surround Abinadi and take him. And they bound him and cast him into prison. And after three days, having counseled with his priests, he caused that he should again be brought before him. And he said unto him, Abinadi, we have found an accusation against thee, and thou art worthy of death. For thou hast said that God himself should come down 
among the children of men. And now for this cause thou shalt be put to death, unless thou shalt recall all the words which thou hast spoken evil concerning me and my people. And Abinadi said unto him, I say unto you, I will not recall the words which I have spoken unto you concerning this people, for they are true. And that ye may know of their surety, I have suffered myself, that I have fallen into your hands. Yea, and I will suffer even until death, and I will not recall my words. And they shall stand as a testimony against you. And if ye slay me, ye shall, ye will shed innocent blood. And this shall also stand as a testimony against you at the last day. And now King Noah was about to release him, and he feared his words. And he feared that the judgments of God would come upon him. But the priests lifted up their voices against him and began to accuse him, saying, He has reviled the king. Therefore, the king was stirred up in anger against him. And he delivered him up that he might be slain. And it came to pass that they took him and bound him and scourged his skin with faggots and even unto death. And now when the flames began to scorch him, he cried unto them, saying, Behold, even as ye have done unto me, so shall it come to pass that thy seed shall cause that many shall suffer the pains that I do suffer, even the pains of death by fire. And this because they believe in the salvation of the Lord their God. And it will come to pass that ye shall be afflicted with all manner of diseases because of your iniquities. And ye shall be smitten on every hand, and shall be driven and scattered to and fro, even as a wild flock is driven, and wild and ferocious beasts, by wild and ferocious beasts. And in that day ye shall be hunted, and ye shall be taken by the hand of your enemies. And then ye shall suffer, as I suffer the pains of death by fire. Thus God executed the vengeance upon those that destroy his people. O oh God, receive my soul. And now when Abinadi had said these words, he fell, having suffered death by fire, yea, having been put to death because he would not deny the commandments of God, having sealed the truth of his words with his death. Mosiah 18, starting in verse 1, and going through verses 35. And now it came to pass that Alma, who had fled from the servants of King Noah repented of his sins and iniquities and went about privately among the people and began to teach the words of Abinadi, yea, concerning that which was to come and also concerning the resurrection of the dead and the redemption of the people, which was to be brought to pass through the power and sufferings and death of Christ and his resurrection and ascension into heaven. And as many as would hear his word, he did teach and he taught them privately that it might not come to the knowledge of the king. And many did believe his words. And it came to pass that as many as did believe him did go forth to a place which was called Mormon, having received its name from the king, being in the borders of the land, having been infested by times or at seasons by wild beasts. Now there was in Mormon a fountain of pure water, and Alma resorted thither, there being near the water a thicket of small trees, where he did hide himself in the daytime from the searches of the king. And it came to pass that as many as believed him went thither to hear his words. And it came to pass that after many days, there were a goodly number gathered together at the place of Mormon to hear the words of Alma. 
Yea, all were gathered together that believed on his word to hear him. And he did teach unto them. And to preach unto them repentance and redemption and faith on the Lord. And I would submit to you that his preaching repentance and redemption and faith on the Lord was the teaching of the doctrine of Christ. And how they might enter into the new covenant and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass that he said unto them, Behold, here are the waters of Mormon, for thus were they called. And now as ye are desirous to come into the fold of God, and to be called his people, and are willing to bear one another's burdens, that they may be light, yea, and are willing to mourn with those that mourn, yea, and comfort those that stand in need of comfort, and to stand as a witness of God at all times, and all things, and all places that ye may be in, even until death, that ye may be redeemed of God, and be numbered with those who of the first resurrection, that ye may have eternal life. Okay? To be numbered among those of the first resurrection. You know, DNC 76 sets out all the requirements of what is required to come forth in the morning of the first resurrection. And in DNC 76, it says what is required is the following first in verse 51 to be baptized by water into the terrestrial church of Christ. Verse 52, to receive the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. The next verse, to receive the second comforter, or be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, as you overcome by faith, which is to come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, And to have him make your calling election made sure. Not on this earth, but actually to go up into the seventh heaven. And then DNC 76 says, then you are members of the church of the firstborn, the celestial order. And then DNC 76 says, then you must be ordained and sealed to the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood. And then ye are kings and priests unto the most high God. Um, then ye are God's little g, under God big G. And this is what is required to come forth on the morning of the first resurrection. And, you know, clearly we do not have all of Alma's words to his people, but he must have been teaching him the exact same path of ascension that the Lord gave to Joseph Smith and is outlined in DNC 76, starting in verse 51. Verse 10 in Mosiah 18. Now I stand to you, if this be your, the desire of your hearts, what have you against being baptized in the name of the Lord as a witness before him, that ye have entered into a covenant with him, that ye will serve him and keep his commandments, that ye may pour out his spirit more abundantly upon you? Or in other words, that ye might offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit, that you might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 11, And now when the people had heard these words, they clapped their hands for joy and exclaimed, This is the desire of our hearts. And notice that the people aren't being very reverent, but they're being exuberant. And that reverence isn't the only way to worship God. And while there certainly are 
times that do require reverence. Perhaps we as Latter-day Saints are too reverent, and perhaps we are not exuberant at the times that we should be exuberant for Jesus Christ. Verse 11, and now when the people had heard these words, they clapped their hands for joy and exclaimed, this is the desire of our hearts. Now it came to pass that Alma took Helam, he being one of the first, and went and stood forth in the water and cried, saying, O Lord, pour out thy spirit upon thy servant, that he may do this work with holiness of heart. And when he had said these words, the spirit of the Lord was upon him. And he said, Helam, I baptize thee, having authority from the Almighty God, as a testimony that you have entered into a covenant to serve him until you are dead as to the mortal body. And may the spirit of the Lord be poured out upon you. And may he grant unto you eternal life through the redemption of Christ, whom he has prepared from the foundation of the world. And after Alma had said these words, both Alma and Helam were buried in the water, and they arose and came forth out of the water, rejoicing, being filled with the Spirit. And again Alma took another and went forth a second time into the water, and baptized him according to the first, only he did not bury himself again in the water. And after this manner he did baptize every one that went forth to the place of Mormon. And they were in number about 204 souls. And they were baptized in the waters of Mormon and were filled with the grace of God. And they were called the church of God or the church of Christ from that time forward. And it came to pass that whosoever was baptized by the power and authority of God was added to this church, to his church. And it came to pass that Alma having authority from God ordained priests. Even one priest to every 50 of their number did he ordain to preach unto them and to teach them concerning the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And he commanded them that they should teach nothing save it were the things which he had taught and the things which had been spoken by the mouth of the holy prophets. Yea, and even commanded them that they should preach nothing save it were repentance and faith on the Lord who had redeemed his people and had commanded them that there should be no contention one with another, but that they should look forward with one eye, having one faith, one baptism, having hearts knit together in unity and in love towards one another. And thus he commanded them to preach, and thus they became the children of God. And he commanded them that they should observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And also every day they should give thanks to the Lord their God. And he also commanded them that the priests whom he had ordained should labor with their own hands for their support. And there was one day in every week that was set apart that they should gather themselves together to teach the people and to worship the Lord their God. And also as often as it was in their power to assemble themselves together. And the priests were not so, were not to depend upon the people for their support, but for their labor, they were to receive the grace of God, that they might wax strong in the spirit having the knowledge of God, that they might teach with power and authority from God. And again, Alma commanded that the people of the church should impart of their substance, every one according to that which he had. If he have more abundantly, he should impart more abundantly. And of him that had but little, but little should be required. And to him that had not should be given.
and thus they should impart of their substance, of their own free will and good desire toward God. And to those priests that stood in need, yea, and to every needy naked soul. And this he said unto them, having been commanded of God, they did walk uprightly before God, imparting to one another both temporally and spiritually according to their needs and their wants. And now it came to pass that all this was done in Mormon. Yea, by the waters of Mormon in the forest which was near the waters of Mormon. Yea, the place of Mormon. The waters of Mormon, the forest of Mormon, how beautiful are they to the eyes of them who there came to the knowledge of the Redeemer. Yea, how blessed are they, for they shall sing to his praise forever. And these things were done in the borders of the land, that they might not come to the knowledge of the king. But behold, it came to pass that the king, having discovered a movement among the people, sent his servants to watch them. Therefore, on the day that they were assembling themselves together to hear the word of the Lord, they were discovered by the king. And now the king said unto Alma, or now the king said that Alma was stirring up the people to rebellion against him. Therefore, he sent his army to destroy them. And it came to pass that Alma and his people and the people of the Lord were apprised of the coming of the king's army. Therefore, they took their tents and their families and departed into the wilderness. And they were in number about 450 souls. And notice that although the people of Alma still had repenting uh, to do, um, yet they return, they returned to the Lord and he did again start to pour out his spirit upon them and to work miracles upon them and to warn them of impending danger and to deliver them from danger. Now Mosiah 21, verses 2 through 6. And it came to pass that after many days the Lamanites began again to be stirred up in anger against the Nephites. And they began to come into the borders of the land round about. Now we are making a transition from Alma's people to Limhi's people. Now Limhi is the son of King Noah. And King Noah doesn't make it. Um, but Lim, Limhi is a righteous man. Um, And because the people of King Limhi, you know, did not hearken unto the words of Abinadi or Alma, they came into bondage. And they came into a more severe bondage, you know, as we were reading about in the beginning. Um, and although the people of Alma are also going to come into bondage, um, because they qualify for deliverance from death, and because they also qualify, because of the repenting and returning, deliverance from extreme bondage, the Lord makes their burdens easy and light. However, being lowered down on the spiritual scale than the people of Alma, 
most of the people of King Limhi do not qualify for deliverance from death. And they do not qualify for deliverance from extreme bondage. But yet they're still given a chance. They're given a chance to repent and return. And Alma or Ammon is sent to them um, to declare unto them the doctrine of Christ and to teach them and help them repent and return and ascend and be delivered. And it came to pass, verse 2 of chapter 21, that after many days the Lamanites began again to be stirred up in anger against the Nephites or the people of King Limhi. And they began to come into the borders of the land round about. Now they durst not slay them because of the oath which their king had made unto Limhi. But they would smite them on their cheeks and exercise authority over them and began to put heavy burdens upon their backs and drive them as they would a dumb ass. Yea, all this was done that the word of the Lord might be fulfilled. And now the afflictions of the Nephites were great. And there was no way that they could deliver themselves out of the hands of the Lamanites. For they had surrounded them on every side. Now let's turn back to Mosiah 7. And in Mosiah 7, let's read verses 23 through 26. And again, speaking of the people of King Limhi. As King Limhi is accounting to Ammon the the afflictions and the coming into bondage in the history of their people. Now, is not this grievous to be born? And is not this our affliction great? Now behold, how great reason we have to mourn. Yea, I see unto you, great are the reasons which we have to mourn. For behold, how many of our brethren have been slain, and their blood has been spilt in vain, and all because of iniquity. And if this people had not fallen into transgression, the Lord would not have suffered that this great evil should have come upon them. But behold, they would not hearken unto his words, but there arose contentions among them, even so much that they did shed blood among themselves. And a prophet the Lord have they slain, yet chosen man of God, Abinadi, who told them of their wickedness and abominations, and prophesied of many things, which are to come, yea, even the coming of Christ. And because they said, and because he said unto them that Christ was the God, the Father of all things, and said that he should take upon him the image of man, and it should be the image after which man was created in the beginning, or in other words, he said that man was created after the image of God, and that God should come down among the children of men and take upon him flesh and blood and go forth upon the face of the earth. And now because he said this, they did put him to death. And many more things (coughs) did they do which brought down the wrath of God upon them. Therefore, who wondereth that they're in bondage and that they are smitten with sore afflictions? So a cross-reference to this would be Alma 
chapter 12. Because the people of King Noah had once been the people of Zenoph. And at one time they had had the truth. At one time they knew that Christ would take upon himself the body of a man, of flesh and blood, and that he would be slain for the sins of the world. But Alma elucidates what happened to the people of King Zenith under King Noah, starting in verse 9. And now Alma began to expound these things unto him, saying, It is given to many to know the mysteries of God. Nevertheless, they are laid under strict command that they shall not impart only according to the portion of the word which he doth grant to the children of men according to the heed and diligence which they give unto him. Therefore, he that will harden his heart, the same receiveth the lesser portion of the word. And he that will not harden his heart to him is given the greater portion of the word until it is given unto him to know the mysteries of God until he know them in full. And they that will harden their hearts to them is given the lesser portion of the word until they know nothing concerning his mysteries. And then they are taken captive by the devil and led by his will down to destruction. Now this is what is meant by the chains of hell. So, the people of King Noah, once having been enlightened and knowing the truth, because they hardened their hearts and chose iniquity rather than Jesus Christ, had that which they had once known taken from them. And when the truth was declared to them, they became angry because of the truth and they became hardened and they were willing to commit murder because of the truth which was declared to them. Verse 28 of Mosiah 7. And now, because he said this, they did put him to death. And many more things did they do which brought down the wrath of God upon them. Therefore, who wondereth that they are in bondage and that they are smitten with sore afflictions? And behold, the Lord hath said, I will not succor my people in the day of their transgression, but I will hedge up their ways that they shall prosper not, and their doings shall be as a stumbling block before them. And again, he saith, if my people shall sow filthiness, they shall reap the chaff, therefore in the whirlwind, and the effect thereof is poison. And again, he saith, if my people shall sow filthiness, they shall reap the east wind, which bringeth immediate destruction. And now behold, the promise of the Lord is fulfilled, and ye are smitten and afflicted. And if ye will turn to the Lord with full purpose of heart, and put your trust in him, and serve him with all the diligence of mind, if ye do this, he will, according to his own will and pleasure, deliver you out of bondage. Now let's go to Mosiah 21. And read verses 7 through 10. And they gathered themselves together again and put on their armor and went forth against the Lamanites. These are the people of Limhi. To drive them out of their land. And it came to pass that the Lamanites did beat them and drove them back and slew many of them. And now there was a great mourning and lamentation among the people of Limhi. Widow mourning for her husband. 
son and daughter mourning for their fathers and the brothers for their brethren. And now there were a great many widows in the land and they did cry mightily from day to day for a great fear of the Lamanites had come upon them. And verse 12, and they went again even the third time and suffered in the like manner and those that were not slain returned again to the city of Nephi. So through a series of three plus battles, the people of King Limhi, who had been the people of King Noah, who did not hearken unto Abinadi or unto Alma. Uh, all of those who did not qualify for deliverance from destruction were slain. But those who did qualify because of their repentance and because of their return, they did qualify for deliverance from destruction and they were preserved. Mosiah 8, verse 3. And he also rehearsed unto them the last words which King Benjamin. So this is Ammon, you know, teaching the people of King Limhi. And he also rehearsed unto them the last words which King Benjamin had taught them. Or in other words, the doctrine of Christ. How the people of King Benjamin received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost in Mosiah chapters 4 and 5. And explained them to the people of King Limhi. So just as Alma taught his people about the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and enter into the path of ascension, as is outlined in DNC 76, starting with verse 51. So did Ammon teach these same things to the people of King Lemhari. So that they might understand all the words which he spake. Now let's go to Mosiah 21. Verses 13 through 15. And they took him and bound up his wounds and brought him before Limhi and said, Behold, here is the king of the Lamanites. He, having received a wound, has fallen among their dead. And they have left him. And behold, we have brought him before you. And now let us slay him. But Limhi said unto them, You shall not slay him, but bring him hither that I may see him. And they brought him. And Limhi said unto him, what cause have ye to come up to war against my people? Behold, my people have not broken the oath that I made unto you. Therefore, why would ye break the oath which ye made unto my people? And now the king said, I have broken the oath because thy people did carry away the daughters of my people. Therefore, in my anger, I did cause my people to come up to war against thy people. So... What he's referring to are the wicked key priests of his father, King Noah. They were the ones who carried away the daughters of the Lamanites. And they were not among the people of King Limhi. And so we have the sword falling upon the people of King Limhi. Um, 
under false pretense, but it was because they did not qualify for the protection of the Lord. And those who did not qualify for deliverance from death did not make it. And I assert that in the times that are coming, the parallels will be precisely the same among the Latter-day Saints. For after the separation of the wheat and the tares by Joseph begins the abomination of desolation, the tares do not qualify for deliverance from death, and they don't make it. Um, Whereas all people before this time have come into bondage, just as Alma's people and just as Limhi's people had come into bondage, so will we. Now, Mosiah 21, starting in verse 13. And they did humble themselves even to the dust, subjecting themselves to the yoke of bondage, submitting themselves to be smitten and to be driven to and fro, and to be burdened according to the desires of their enemies. Now, this is Limhi's people after they are defeated by the Lamanites. And they did humble themselves even in the depths of humility. And they did cry mightily to God. Yea, even all the day long did they cry unto their God, that he would deliver them out of their afflictions. And now the Lord was slow to hear their cry because of their iniquities. Nevertheless, the Lord did hear their cries. And began to soften the hearts of the Lamanites, that they began to ease their burdens, and yet the Lord did not see fit to deliver them out of bondage. So, just as from the very first, when the people of Alma were brought into bondage, and the Lord made their burdens easy and light, so eventually did the Lord make the burdens of the people of King Limhi, easier and lighter as they started to repent and return and ascend up the spiritual ladder. Verses 30 through 36. Hey, Phil, before you go on, can I insert a verse that parallels that? Sure. So, Darwin Covenants 101, and um is speaking to us in our day and it says just as the people of king limhi it says that behold i send to you there were jarrings and contentions and envy envyings and strife and lustful and covetous desires among them therefore by these things they polluted their inheritances they were slow to hearken unto the voice of the lord their god therefore the lord is slow to hearken unto their prayers to answer them in the day of their trouble So I just want to point out that it's not an isolated event to those people. And if we're starting to point fingers and say, oh, those people, (laughs) it it applies to us too. That's right. It applies directly to us. And there are more parallels 
between Alma and King Limhi's people and the Latter-day Saints than we have ever imagined. In verse 30 in Mosiah 21, and also that King Noah and his priests had caused the people to commit so many sins and iniquities against God. And they also did mourn for the death of Abinadi and also for the departure of Alma. And the people that went with him, who had formed a church of God through the strength and power of God and faith on the words which had been spoken by Abinadi. Yea, they did mourn for their departure, for they knew not whither they had fled. Now they would have gladly joined them, for they themselves had entered into a covenant with God to serve him and to keep his commandments. And now since the coming of Ammon, King Limhi, had also entered into a covenant with God and also many of his people to serve him and keep his commandments. And it came to pass that King Limhi and many of his people were desirous to be baptized. But there was none in the land that had authority from God. And Ammon declined doing this, considering himself an unworthy servant. Therefore, they did not at this time form themselves into a church, waiting upon the spirit of the Lord. Now they were desirous to become even as Alma and his brethren, but fled into the wilderness. And they were desirous to be baptized as a witness and a testimony that they were willing to serve God with all their hearts. Nevertheless, they did prolong the time. An account of their baptism shall be given hereafter. And now all the study of Ammon and his people and King Limai and his people was to deliver themselves out of the hands of the Lamanites and from bondage. So we have two different peoples, both starting at a different spiritual level, but arriving at the same place eventually as they repent and return and come again to their God. The Lord's heart is softened and does begin to bless them and does begin to prepare them for deliverance from out of bondage. Now, Mosiah 7.15. For behold, you know, this is uh, Limhi's people again. For behold, we are in bondage to the Lamanites and are taxed with a tax which is grievous to be borne. And now, Behold, our brethren will deliver us out of our bondage or out of the hands of the Lamanites. So, you know, this after receiving Ammon and the accounts that the people which Zenith did depart from were still alive and were strong. And, you know, this gave them hope that they might be delivered or out of the hands of the Lamanites, and we will be their slaves. For it is better that we be slaves to the Nephites than to pay tribute to the king of the Lamanites. And Mosiah 22. 
verses 10 through 14. And King Limhi caused that his people should gather their flocks together. And he sent the tribute of wine to the Lamanites. And he also sent more wine as a present unto them, that they did drink freely of the wine which King Limhi did send unto them. And it came to pass that the people of King Limhi did depart by night into the wilderness with their flocks and their herds. And they went round about the land of Shiloh in the wilderness and bent their course toward the way of the land of Zarahemla, being led by Ammon and his brethren. And they had taken all their gold and their silver and their precious things, which they could carry, and also their provisions with them into the wilderness, and they pursued their journey. And after being many days in the wilderness, they arrived in the land of Zarahemla, and joined Mosiah's people and became his subjects. And it came to pass that Mosiah received them with joy, And he also received the records, and also the records which had been found by the people of Limhi, which were the records of um, the Jaredites. And now it came to pass that when the Lamanites had found that the people of Limhi had departed out of the land by night, that they sent an army into the wilderness to pursue them. And after they had pursued them two days, they could no longer follow their tracks. Therefore, they were lost in the wilderness. So... As soon as King Limhi's people, those who qualified for deliverance from destruction, as soon as they sufficiently humbled themselves, entering into the new covenant to serve God, to take upon them his name and ascend to the level of elect, they were delivered. And the Lord sent one unto them, Ammon, to deliver them. And now, Mosiah 24, starting in verse 9. For Amulon knew Alma. So now we, we turn back to Alma's people. That he had been one of the king's priests. And that it was he that believed the words of Abinadi. So Amulon being one of the former uh, wicked priests of King Noah and a religious <laughs> colleague of Alma in the court of wicked King Noah. And Amulon was one of, you know, the chiefs of the priests, you know, of wicked King Noah, who stole away the daughters of the Lamanites. And again in verse 9, For Amulon knew Alma, that he had been one of the king's priests, and that it was he that believed the words of Abinadi, and it was driven out before the king, and therefore he was wroth with him. For he was subject to King Laman, that he exercised authority over them, and put tasks upon them, and put taskmasters over them. And it came to pass that so great were the afflictions that they began to cry mightily unto God. And Amulon commanded them that they should stop their cries. And he put guards over them to watch them. And whosoever would be found calling upon God should be put to death. And Alma and his people did not raise their voices to the Lord, their God, but did pour out their hearts to him. And he did know the thoughts of their hearts. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came unto them in their affliction, saying, Lift up your heads and be of good comfort, 
For I know of the covenant which ye have made unto me, and I will covenant with my people and deliver them out of bondage. And I will also ease the burdens which are put upon your shoulders, that even you cannot feel them upon your backs, even while you are in bondage. And this will I do, that ye may stand as a witness for me hereafter, and that ye may know of a surety that I, the Lord God, do visit my people in their afflictions. And now it came to pass that the burdens which were laid upon Alma and his brethren were made light. And the Lord did strengthen them that they could bear up their burdens with ease. And they did submit cheerfully and with patience to all the will of the Lord. And it came to pass that so great was their faith and their patience that the voice of the Lord came unto them saying, Be of good comfort, for on the morrow I will deliver you out of bondage. And he said unto Alma, Thou shalt go before this people, and I will go with thee, and deliver this people out of bondage. Now it came to pass that Alma and this people, and his people in the nighttime gathered their flocks together, and also of their grain. Yea, also in the nighttime they were gathering their flocks together. And in the morning the Lord caused a deep sleep to come upon the Lamanites. Yea, and all their taskmasters were in a profound sleep. And Alma and the people departed into the wilderness. And when they had traveled all day, they pitched their tents in the valley. And they called the valley the Valley of Alma, being because he led their way in the wilderness. Yea, and in the Valley of Alma, they poured out thanks unto their God, because he had been merciful unto them and eased their burdens and had delivered them out of bondage. For they were in bondage and none could deliver them, except it were the Lord their God. And they gave thanks to to God, yea, all their men and all their women and all their children that could speak lifted up their voices in the praises of their God. And now the Lord said unto Alma, Haste thee and get thee this people out of this land, for the Lamanites have awakened and to pursue thee. Therefore get thee out of this land, and I will stop the Lamanites in the valley, in this valley, that they come no further in pursuit of this people. And it came to pass that he departed out of the valley and took their journey into the wilderness. And after they had been in the wilderness 12 days, they arrived in the land of Zarahemla. And King Mosiah did also receive them with joy, just as he had done with the people of King Limhi. Now, as it was with the people of King Limhi and Alma, it will be with the Latter-day Saints. And all of us will come into bondage. And we see the very foundation of the bondage into which we will become being laid right now with the COVID-19 hoax pandemic and the vaccines that are coming out and the digital tracking that is coming out and the house arrest that they have attempted to put people under will become more and more severe. And it will come to a point where the Latter-day Saints will also cry out unto their God for deliverance. However, just like the people of King Limhi, there will be a separation of the wheat and the tares, those who qualify for deliverance from destruction and those who don't. And just as the people of Alma and just as the people of King Limhi were led out on an exodus, 
out of the bondage from the Lamanites and eventually joined the people of Zarahemla or the people of the New Jerusalem in our context. So it will be with us. So if we go to DNC 101. Starting in verse 63. And again, verily I say unto you, I will show unto you wisdom in me concerning all the churches. Meaning those who are the wheat who have been separated from the tares among the Latter-day Saints. Inasmuch as they are willing to be guided by me in a right and proper way for their salvation. That the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue. And the reason that it has to continue is because it got cut short under Joseph Smith's first ministry. And the continuing is the gathering of the saints under Joseph Smith's second ministry. That I may build them up unto my name upon holy places for the time of harvest is come and my word must needs be fulfilled. Therefore, I must gather together the people according to the parable of the wheat and the tares that the wheat may be secured in the garners to possess eternal life and be crowned with celestial glory when I shall come in the kingdom of my Father to reward every man according to his work shall be, while the tares shall be bound in bundles and their bands be made strong, that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. So, just as among the people of King Limhi, so it is with the Latter-day Saints. There are a whole group of Latter-day Saints, who by the time this separation will come, will not qualify for deliverance from death. And just like King Limhi's people will fall by the sword or by the plague or by natural disaster. Now, the separation of the wheat and the tares is referred to starting in verse 55, as we have read. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, Joseph Smith, go and gather together the residue of my servants and take all the strength of mine house or all of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and all those of the branches of the restoration who will enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and thus take my name upon them and seek after and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then continue the path of ascension, seeking after the second comforter. And go ye straightway unto the land of my vineyard and redeem my vineyard, for it is mine. I have bought it with money. Therefore, go ye straightway unto my land, break down the walls of my enemies, throw down their tower and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. So what we've just been told, that there are two separate gatherings among the Lord's people. The first gathering is the initial strength of his house, though the, the gatherers, if you will. When, so the Lord brings them into contact with the doctrine of Christ, a broken heart and contrite spirit, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that they might enter into this new covenant, that they might be found among the strength of the Lord's house when the initial gathering begins to take place and the initial gathering has started to take place it has begun 
and all of you have the opportunity to be among those who are considered to be the strength of the Lord's house in this first gathering. Then, when Joseph Smith comes on the scene, because at this time he remains hidden, a polished shaft in the quiver of the Lord, as is specified in Isaiah, to come forth after the king of Babylon, king of Assyria, begins his work of the destruction of about 90% of the earth's population. So when we find ourselves in that bondage and tribulation, like King Limhi's people were to the Lamanites, and the work of destruction being started among them, you know, we cry out unto our God for deliverance. At that point, Joseph Smith comes back on the scene, and he brings with him, for those who are members of the Church of the Firstborn, the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon, for those who are not yet, but who are members of the Church of Christ, the, the record of the Twelve Apostles of the Lamb, um, the completed uh, Joseph Smith translation of the New Testament, and the translation of the Brass Plates. And he speaks by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, and he declares that the former prophecies which have been made and recorded in the Doctrine and Covenants have now and are now being fulfilled. So, Joseph Smith takes the gatherers, and they go and one last time preach the doctrine of Christ to the rest of the members of the church. And those who accepted at that time are referred to as the residue of my house. In verse 58, And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. So this last time, the doctrine of Christ will be taught to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and all of the restoration branches. And that will be the last time for those who have been given the greater light and knowledge either to accept the fullness or reject it. And those who reject become the tares. And just like the people of King Limhi, who did not qualify for deliverance from destruction, um, they will be slain. And that's the beginning of the abomination of desolation. And on the eve of destruction of this abomination of desolation, Joseph Smith will lead an end-time exodus out of bondage, just as Ammon and just as Alma did. And this is talked about in BNC 103. So after the separation of the wheat and the tares, on the eve of destruction, Verse 12, after much tribulation, as I have said unto you in a former commandment, cometh the blessing. For all of us will go into bondage and will be subjected to great tribulation. Behold, this is the blessing which I have promised after your tribulations and the tribulations of your brethren. Your redemption and the redemption of your brethren, even their restoration to the land of Zion to be established, no more to be thrown down. 
Nevertheless, if they pollute their inheritances, they shall be thrown down, for I will not spare them if they pollute their inheritances. Or in other words, not all the Latter-day Saints are going to make it. Only those who enter into this covenant with Jesus Christ and who are actually true and faithful to this covenant or the wheat. Behold, I say unto you, the redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Therefore, I will raise up unto my people a man who shall lead them like as Moses led the children of Israel. For ye are the children of Israel and the seed of Abraham, and ye must be needs led out of bondage by power and with a stretched out arm. And as your fathers were led at the first, even so shall the redemption of Zion be. Therefore, let not your hearts faint. For I say not unto you, as I said unto your fathers, mine angel shall go up before you, but not my presence. But I say unto you, mine angel shall go up before you, and also my presence. And in time you shall possess the goodly land. Verily, verily, I say unto you, let my servant Joseph Smith Jr. <coughs> is the man to whom I liken the servant to whom the Lord of the vineyard spake in the parable which I have given unto you. Therefore, let my servant Joseph Smith Jr. see unto the strength of my house, my young men, my middle age, gather yourselves together unto the land of Zion, upon the land which I have bought with money that has been consecrated unto me. So, Joseph Smith, just like Ammon and Alma led the Exodus out from bondage, so will Joseph Smith lead the Exodus out of bondage for the Latter-day Saints who repent and return, who have taken the Holy Spirit as their guide, who by that time are able to recognize a true prophet from a false one and receive the truth with joy and gladness when it is preached to them in power and with authority. And so, you know, tonight I would invite you to enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which Christ sets forth in 3 Nephi chapter 9. And in 3 Nephi chapter 9, Christ says in verse 17, And as many as have received me, to them have I given to become the sons of God. And he's about to, in verse 20, set forth how we are to receive Christ how we are to become his sons and his daughters, as is talked about in Mosiah chapter 4 and chapter 5. And so too, and even so will I to as many as shall believe on my name. For behold, by me redemption cometh, and in me is the law of Moses fulfilled. And verse 20, and ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. So I would invite everybody this night to cry out unto God and say, Heavenly Father, I desire to receive Jesus Christ. I desire to become his son or his daughter. I desire to enter and offer up the new sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit that I might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that I might be counted among those who will be found to be the strength of the Lord's house, that I might take the Holy Spirit as my guide 
Therefore, I find the truth and am not deceived, that I might recognize a true prophet from a false one, that I will be able to recognize Joseph Smith when he returns, that I will be able to recognize that he speaks by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, that I might recognize that when he declares that the former prophecies which I have made have now been fulfilled, that I might understand what he is talking about, that I might be familiar with them as recorded in the Doctrine and Covenants, and that the Lord might be able to use me as an end-time servant in declaring the doctrine of Christ to all who the Lord would put into my path, that I might be even as one of the sons of Mosiah and Alma the Younger Alma the Younger were in declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who desperately need it, to those who will not make it if they do not receive it, and that I might also speak to them by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And this concludes our, you know, doctrinal portion of tonight's Zoomcast. And we will now open it up to questions and comments and discussion and experiences.